Hello and welcome back to Cherries in Focus, episode 17, part two. If you haven't seen part one, check out the card above. Go back, watch part one where we talked about Manchester City and Liverpool. But in part two right now, we're going to turn our attentions to our fixture in the Premier League against Newcastle United. Do subscribe to the YouTube channel, follow the podcast and please, please hit the like button. Steve, we're back for part two. How are you doing? Yeah, very well. All rested and ready to go. James, do we have a colour change? How are you doing, part two? I'm fired up for part two. Let's do it. <laughs> Aaron, good to see you again. Part two, Newcastle United on Saturday. Yeah, bring on them. Bring on the Geordies. Bring on the Geordies because Eddie Howe and his backroom team have had a busy week. Well, they would have done because they're off to Dortmund in the Champions League. That's massive for them. We're going to get into the finer details of this fixture because it's not ideal for Eddie Howe with injury injuries growing, suspensions as well. But let's take a look at Newcastle United this season so far, Steve. They look very, very good. Look, they had a bit of a dodgy spell after the opening day where they lost three in a row, but they've pulled that back unbeaten in seven. They're climbing that table. And Eddie's had to manage this with Newcastle being in every competition. Yeah, that doesn't show the, uh, was it 4-0 demolition of Paris Saint-Germain? Yes. And uh, Messi's Mbappe. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a bit of a... Of a slow start for them and I remember a couple of people thinking oh are they sort of uh you know are they not are they not going to be as good as they were last season well you know we know what Eddie Howe's all about we know he you know he has these little blips now and again where he he can't seem to get a win and nothing goes right for him but he, he kind of rectifies it sooner rather than later sort of a trait he always had with us and we sort of uh doubting him and then he'll, he'll go and win like you know, like that graphic showed, he'll go unbeaten for a load of games. So we all know what Eddie's about. We all know what of a you know what he can do with lesser players, should I say? I know it's a horrible term, but you know, not big household names. He knows he can make those players better. We know that. Um, so the fact that they will have a few players out, although it's great news um, from our point of view, even those players that come in. I saw. I mean, I saw Matt Ritchie come on the other day, and I thought he still looks really good. He's mm. still running around like a headless chicken, giving his all. I mean, obviously, he's more of a... He's not as full-flowing forward that he used to be with us, but he's still very experienced, very organised. They were doing analysis, I think it was on Match of the Day, with it or something, or Sky. They're just saying they double up. They they really work hard for their full-backs, the, uh, the guys in front of them. So you know that you know, like we said, you've you've pointed out injuries. I think they got suspension. Gimarez is out. Um, Dan Byrne looks like he's picked up an injury. I think um, Jacob Murphy's done his shoulder again. Um, Isaac's already out. They have Matt got a game Target. of the week. Matt Target, yeah. There's a few injuries, but it seems like I say, seemingly whoever they seem to bring in really knows the system, knows the ethos of of Eddie and what he wants, and they all and they just seem to seamlessly slot in. So. I, I don't know where I am with this one. I think it's Eddie Howe, <laughs> and he's um, he's he's a, he's a genius in my eyes. So it's going to be a tough afternoon, but equally, you know, you could look at it. They could be fatigued from the week, like you say, they're going to Dortmund, and you know, we we haven't. I don't like like James pointed out in, in part one. We haven't had a point where we've really, really well. Maybe maybe Everton after the 
first goal, goal was pretty poor and we dropped our heads. But there's there's been fight in every game and we've seen flashes of what Andoni wants and there's and we're just hoping that it can go, you know, can galvanise us a bit and we can get that more complete all all round performance. Um, it's going to come sooner or later, I'm sure of it. So why not on the weekend of fatigue Newcastle? And James, who would have thought that Eddie Howe was an exceptional coach, head coach, manager? He's getting all the praise now. Shame he didn't get the praise as much as he should have got when he was at Bournemouth. Bournemouth fans will tell you the guy's a genius and he's proven it now because it's almost like a second year syndrome. Like they talk about second teams coming up in the championship and surviving for that second season in the Premier League. Almost feels like he had to survive this season being in the Champions League and sort of continuing the good work he had done since he took over from Steve Bruce at the Magpies. You're poking the bear now to get me going on a rant about <laughs> how, uh, how, how everyone outside of Bournemouth thinks about Eddie Howe. Um, look, I have been on this podcast before and said it. I'll say it again. The fairy tale was going from minus 17, bottom of the mm. Football League, to the Premier League. That was the Cinderella story. We lived it. We were there for it and we saw how it was achieved. Um, he is an exceptional manager um, and deserves all of the rewards uh, that he can possibly get out of football. Um, it, there, there is a massive asterisk next to that, uh, given... Um, the way that Newcastle are conducting business at the moment, but that isn't the fans' fault and that isn't anyone's fault up there. It's just the way football's going these days. It's the reality of it. Um, I, 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 I'll always and all Bournemouth fans should have a very, very special place in their heart for Eddie for 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 what he achieved. And it's always nice to see another team that isn't us playing the Eddie Howe way, playing attractive football, playing fast, free flowing football, playing football that scores lots of goals. Um, I, there's no there's no sense of jealousy or envy from my point of view when I see that happening. Um, I saw them play the opening game against Aston Villa when they yeah. won five one, and I thought they looked so quick and looked so thoroughly lethal in every possible way. Um, and and I, I thought they were going to be a real danger this season. They've stumbled a bit on the road. There's your ray of hope. They've stumbled mm. a little bit. Take that 8-0 out of Sheffield United out of the equation. And in the league on the road, you know, there's no wins there. Um, so there's the po- they they may not there's the possibility they might they may not travel well. It's a long way from Newcastle anyway. It's even mm. longer when you've got to go via Dortmund. Yeah. But what Eddie Howe teams can do now, Aaron, is defend. And they got three <laughs> points at home against Arsenal, 1-0. Bit GBS. Well, don't speak to Mikel Arteta because he'll tell you that it shouldn't have been a goal for one, two or three reasons. But there were some issues within the game, as Steve's spoken about. Dan Burns going to be out for quite a few months now. You know, Bruno Gamares was running a, a thin line. Maybe he should have been sent off along with Havertz. But they were they were they showed their strength in that game and they did enough. Anthony Gordon got the goal. It was a big three points for them. And um yeah, your thoughts on their 1-0 last week? I am incredibly jealous and envious of Newcastle and it doesn't get any easier every time I watch Newcastle play. I have a fondness for them. I watch Eddie and JT and Stephen Purchase and even Graham Jones and I'm like, that's our backroom staff. What are they doing up there? Um, but what they are doing is an unbelievable job and I just love watching them play and I love Eddie Howe. And I just, think, I just as, as, as I echo what, what James said, I, I, I wish him every accolade 
um, and and every success in the game because he deserves it because he's he's not just a, an unbelievable football manager. He, he, by all accounts, he's an exceptional person and human being. And um, um, except for Saturday, I wish him all the luck. But look, he was kind to us last season. He refused to beat us last year um, out of kindness of his heart. Um, so maybe he'll do the same again this year. Um, there is a chance. Naturally, there's a chance because, as James said, they don't travel particularly well in the league. Um, they have got injuries. Now, you know, if they, if they had a full week to prepare for this game, then I would be less hopeful because, by all accounts, you know, Livermento is going to be at right back, trip here at left back. Um, and, you know, that, but they're going to have to, but basically, the, the team picks itself for both games because of the injuries, really. So, Burns out, Target's out, as we've already said. Botman is still out. Um, so, the kind of back four does pick itself. Summit might might come in potentially, but other than that, um, and the midfield picks itself because Tonali obviously we know is out for for a few months anyway. Gimarej is out, Murphy's out, so you're, you're going to have long staff, you're going to have Joe Linton, and you're probably going to have Willett coming back in because he's fit again, although he's been out for a while. So that will certainly be the three against Dortmund. Um, Isaac's still out, as we've said, so it's, it's Wilson, Almiron, and and um, and Gordon. So their first eleven is still unbelievably good. Um, but I presume that's once going to be playing against Dortmund. So that's the only ray of hope that they're going to be tired from that. Um, Dan Burns' height will be a great uh, relief to us that we're not having to defend against him either. So, so look, there's positives. But as 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 the other the other guys have said, assuming they they all come out of Dortmund, um, whatever the result, they all come out injury free. That first eleven is still incredibly frightening, and and if they click, we 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 could be in trouble. But but you know. As, as others have said as well, if we click, we can be good. You know, there's a plethora of wingers now. We've spoken about the plethora of wingers. They all seem to be able to really take in their chances. We all love Semenya and Tavernier at the moment. They'll be my first choice too. Clivert did really, really against Liverpool. Sinister obviously came on and scored. We all know what Brooksy can do. So they're all kind of chomping at the bit. And that's the exciting bit. So um, it's a very, it's another tough game, but it's not Manchester City away. It's a, it's a, it's a t- hopefully tired and injury ravaged Newcastle. And we can hopefully get something. Yeah, Steve, we are going to move on to the cherries and have a look at how we can set up and maybe approach this game. But as we keep going over a similar subject in regards to how Andoni can really get the ball rolling at Bournemouth, I just look at Eddie Howe and he had a plan. I know he had time out to review what his next step was going to be, but he went to Newcastle. He had a plan. He knew, he knows he needs JT for certain aspects. He needs Stephen Purchase. He had a plan that was going to be successful and he's done it in rapid time. This is where I feel like I just can't really go against Andoni at any point at the moment because I just feel like he needs some of his own style and his own people to back him up when he's on the training ground. Heck, when he's not even on the training ground, that message is still being delivered. And at the moment, it's still the guys that we all love, the Tommy Elphix, the Sean Coopers and all that. But it is the guys that have been here before this new vision came in. And 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 that's the difference for me. When you're looking at Eddie Howe, when you're looking at Unai Emery, they've got their own people. Yeah, they have. And, and one thing that we don't give Eddie, I don't think we give Eddie enough credit for, is what he was massively massive advocate was for was... Um, getting a good dressing room, getting some real team spirit and camaraderie. First thing he did when he came, he got the job, was get Big Fletch back from, from Crawley, just just as you know, more of a cheerleading than anything, just to rally the troops because of the this, this, this situation we're in. And you've got to say that so far, I don't think under Andoni that we've, you look at that team and think there's a bunch of real good 
close buddies out there. I mean, there's there's still a few individuals, I think, but you're going to get that from having that amount of new faces in and around the team. What we used to see from Eddie and Jason and all this in the club, you know, used to put it out all the time was them doing team bonding sessions. You know, we would see them going for a bike ride down the beach and, you know, we, I don't, I don't think we've seen any of that stuff since Eddie, Eddie left. Um, and I think that holds quite a, quite a lot of stock with, you know, creating a team. Um, and that's what we, you know, we don't seem to quite be at the moment. We're not quite a team at the moment. Hopefully, when, like you say, when if and when we get the, or Andoni gets his own guys in, he can look at a bit more, spending a bit more time focusing on building a team spirit rather than just trying to get his message across on the pitch. Um, you know, I, I just think it, it holds a lot of gravitas in in football is uh, is, is that sort of team spirit and, and team ethic. Yeah. James, and looking at players that can influence this fixture for Newcastle United, a player's really stepped up. He came in for £40 million in a previous transfer window. I didn't think he really was living up to his potential when he was at Everton. And he didn't have a great day here when we beat the 3-0 before the World Cup. And that's Anthony Gordon. But he is stepping up now. He's performing very well. He scored that goal against Arsenal. And with all the injuries they're having at the moment, he's getting his chance because Harvey Barnes is out injured as well. And he's got four goals this season, two assists, and he seems to be thriving under Eddie Howe. He does because he's a wide man with pace. It's And, and, and wide men with pace play well when they're confident and, and, and confidence breeds confidence within them and they, they go on to achieve sort of great things within a season. Eddie's got a great track record for bringing on, you know, players of that ilk and making them, uh, making them very, very deadly, uh, Deadly crossing machines from the uh, from, from the touchlines. So yeah, I mean, but there's he's he's one of just a multitude of threats in that in that Newcastle side, and I think what's important for us is to contain them at home, create an atmosphere at home that 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 helps create some sort of intimidation, some sort of cauldron-like atmosphere, but also have faith in our players who are like Anthony Gordon, to have faith in our Taverniers, to have faith in our Brooks, to have faith in our Sinisteras, to have faith. In, uh, in our Cliverts and in our Semenos, and to you know, uh, and to, especially at home, you know, to 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 have faith ultimately with Iriola and the system and the style of football that he's trying to implement, you know, and the philosophy he's trying to implement at the club. I'm certainly, you know, I'd, I'd give us, I don't know whether I'd give us more of a chance than I would under Scott Parker. Didn't have much of a chance in the Premier League under Bournemouth, did he? But going into games knowing that we're going to be chasing down. You know, chasing down from high up the pitch, knowing that we're going to be running, knowing that we're going to be, you know, trying to get as many shots and crosses in during the game as possible, certainly fills me with more enthusiasm uh, than it does under the potential of playing Scott Parker's brand of Parker ball. Mm. So, Aaron, I'm going to sort of bring up a predicted 11. We're very early in the week, so things can change and we just don't know what the deal is with Alex Scott at the moment. But as we sort of hop back into part one, when we've spoken about having this switch up in formation, I'm expecting Andoni to go back to something more natural that's done us okay. I know we've only got the one Premier League win, but we did okay at Anfield, as we spoke about. I expect the formation to go a little bit more natural at home. With mm. that enthusiasm that Newcastle are not at full strength, yes, they've got leaders in the likes of Lascelles and Tr They've got partnerships as well. They've got connections, but we have got an opportunity at home under the lights to do something. 
Without a doubt, yeah. I think you said under the lights as well. We always perform better because it's a five thirty kickoff, which will be dark so by then. So at this time of year, so yeah, like I really, I, I, I wouldn't say I'm confident for this, but I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm optimistic. I, you know, I saw enough against Liverpool, certainly. You know, albeit the weather might have played a part, but I saw enough against Liverpool. You know, with Salah, with 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 Jota, with Gapco, etc., and, and still a pretty pretty good team out there that that we can compete. Um, and as I said, Newcastle. They put a lot into a lot of games. They put a huge amount into that Arsenal game, a huge amount. Um, the way Eddie gets them to play, as we found out, it takes a lot out of players. And I expect they're going to have to do a hell of a job at Dortmund and and run, you know, do a lot of running and and put a lot into that. So that's good. That's going to take a toll on them. So um, I think, you know, we should hope to be fresh. I assume that I think we have to assume Alex Scott won't play on Saturday. Um, but um, but other than that, I think, you know, we're in pretty, pretty good with Nick with, with everybody else and um Lewis Cook's back. Um whether he goes in or not, that's maybe up for discussion, but I assume he will. Um so yeah, I, definitely why can't we get something from this game? At least, at least you know a draw if not a win. But you never know. As you say, looting the home to Liverpool, no one would have given them a chance. And and we know if we can we can get it right, then we can certainly cause problems. Right, let's take a look at this then, Steve. And I'll also get James and Aaron's thoughts on this predicted 11. I've gone over to FanHub. It might change by Saturday because we're very early on in the week. You can join the FanHub community link in the description below. Cherry's Red Army will help you get instant access. But Steve, I think it was always in the planning that Mark Travers might have his first game back for Bournemouth in this fixture. I'm glad he didn't play against Manchester City. I know that's very harsh on Radu, but I think it would have been harsh on Travers to chuck him in. But I'm expecting Travers to start this game. Max Aaron's right back, Zabani. Kelly back into the centre-back role. Kirk is off the left. And now, if I'm correct in thinking, Lewis Cook is available again. We've gone full circle because it looks like I want Rothwell and Lewis Cook with Billing, Semenyo, Tavernier and Dom Solanke. I am expecting Alex Scott to maybe not be fit. What I think I'm doing, Steve, is maybe setting my expectation that he might not be fit. And if he is fit, I'll be happy. That's my predicted lineup. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think we've got to just accept that even if he is OK and it's not too long term or whatever it is, it's it's, it's probably going to be a good opportunity to let him get some recovery time. Um, if it is just a knock or an impact injury, just give him a give him a week off because he's played, like we said, he's played three quick games um, and he's had a he's had a bit of a whack. So, yeah, I'd see it as an opportunity to bring Joe Rothwell. And actually, in Joe Rothwell's defence on Saturday, he was actually pretty good. Um, one, one moment of you know, sort of lapse of concentration defensively, but for the whole, he was quite positive. He was he wanted he was driving forward like we like to see him. The only thing for me is I don't know if, and I don't know why, but Andoni seems to love Christie. I know we keep going on about it. I would personally go with what you put there. I think it's um, it's a good shout for Semenya. I think everyone really wants. I don't know why we're not starting him because he's he's got numbers to back it up. Whereas Christie just gives you work rate. Um, um, not well yeah it doesn't come in with the numbers at all uh we saw it again on saturday he he just sort of i don't know even when it's not really his fault he's sort of offside and it's just it just never seems to fall for Christie. but yeah so many i mean if you've got some menu up against um trippier you know he's aging as well as a fullback he doesn't want a foot race against a lot you know big strong lad like Semenyo. i think that'd be ideal for him I think he'd really relish that. 
Um, equally, you know, Livramento hasn't played a lot of football and have you know have Tav up against him. I think there's really op real opportunities to get them. They're not going to have Gamaro sitting there dictating the game. Um, so you'd think it's a good opportunity for the likes of Rothwell and Cook to sort of you know get on the ball and and you know receive off the off the back line, give to Billing, get out wide. You know. It, really sort of start playing between the lines a bit more and um and seeing some more of this sort of attacking style that Ari Ariola Iriola wants to play. Mm. James also we could get a song out nice and early. Mark Travers in goal might get us <laughs> pumped a bit before the game. Your thoughts on Mark Travers. What I've also may have done to you is take out Chris Meppham, if I'm correct in thinking you're a big fan of. And of course I've taken Ryan Christie out. And that's because I feel like if you're going to play Lewis Cook, expect now to be fair, I need Rothwell there. Now, people will say, but you never pick Rothwell when you don't pick Lewis Cook. No, I don't. But if Lewis Cook starts, I need Rothwell in there as well. Yeah, you've seen my predicted 11. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think it's harsh on Mepham. Um, I think there's a case for bringing for keeping Mepham there and, and bringing Lloyd Kelly in as left back and dropping Kirkes. I thought Aaron's was exceptional against Burnley, um, especially getting forward. Uh, I thought he looked like a real threat and and, and we're going to need that against Newcastle. What you have to question with regards to Lewis Cook is how has what happened against Burnley played out, you know, in the dressing room with Areola? Um, and is there a similar situation, you know, with, with regards to what's happened to Neto, although I'm sure the ankle injury is legitimate. Um, and and whether Iriola trusts trusts him to come back into that squad yet, you know, um, and I, I, it's it was a it was an odd drop of character from Cook, like yeah. we haven't seen that side of him ever before. So mm. I don't really know sort of what was going on there. Um, like Rothwell's bit. That, sorry, I just uh, you'd like to think that the likes of Elphick and that would sort of give a good character what, reference on Cook that that's not what he's like. Yeah, definitely. And I think like and I think Rothwell actually in the opportunities has been given this season, particularly early part of the season, look really, really look, look really, really good. You know, I, I, he's an impressive, you know, sort of box to box sort of midfielder, really. Um with the Travers thing, like I think Stoke were gutted. Stoke fans were absolutely gutted that he got recalled. So he's obviously impressing in a short time up there. Um when he was out at halftime against Burnley, it seemed really refreshing and lovely to see him back. He got a good warm reception and a lot of like, there's a lot of good faith with the Bournemouth fans with him, I think, because he had a, he had a raw end of it last season, you know, after the Liverpool game. And he's, he's an, he's an impressive goalkeeper. He really is. He's young as well. Um, maybe there's a case for bringing him in. Are you seeing more sure on this than me? I think they've named Radu and Radu's the, the goalkeeper. I think that's just the way that Ariel has worked. But I wouldn't be offside with bringing in Travers, you know, for this game. Um, but that'll be our third goal, third starting goalkeeper <laughs> of the season. And um, and then you're getting into the Watford's territory of like the uh, of the magic roundabout football club of the Premier League, you know, and you don't want to be going down that route. No, I feel like, Aaron, this has to be the third and real bite at the cherry for Mark Travers. He has to take this now. If he starts on Saturday, he can see that Neto's had his struggles. I think we all believe, or I certainly believe, that Rado's not a better goalkeeper than Neto. He worries me a bit with his feet, but I'm glad that he came in. Just a bit of freshness to settle down the centre-backs. Look, it was, a, it was a tough day at City. Where is it not? 
But I do think, like, I want to see Travers in this side now. If we're going to bring him back, let, let, let's give him another go. Because he did all right at Goodison Park on the final day of the season. Justin Cliver, Aaron, might also be sitting there thinking, come on, Kirk, what have I got to do to start? But I do feel that Tavernier is more rounded, has more variety, mm. does a little bit more going backwards. And if he can find that third, that final third delivery and finish that we've seen before, Tavernier starts every week for me. Yeah, no, I'd agree. I'd agree on Tav. I think for me, Semenya and Tavernier have to start either side of Dom. I think, you know, as I mentioned before, Clivert has impressed. Dango's done well at times. Sinistera's done. Then, you know, Brooks. So there's lots of options. But I think, Tav, you know, yeah, Clivert did well against Liverpool, but Tavernier was only kind of rotated for that game. I think he didn't come out because he wasn't playing well. As far as Travs goes, I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think Radu hasn't done anything massively wrong, but there are a couple of moments Steve highlighted one in part one you know against Manchester City that you know it wasn't it wasn't potentially a great decision to to punch and and I'm I'm not you know as I said he hasn't done anything wrong but I haven't got a great amount of faith in Radu and and I I do maintain that whether Neto's injured or not and Radu, whether Randolph was ill or not they want to get Travers back um there's no point Mark Travers coming back sitting on the bench again it's just pointless because the reason he went out in the first place was to play football and he's played championship football he's been one of the best keepers in the championship um, so it would be pointless in some respects, not just for the club, but for him to come back and sit on the bench again. It's like, well, what am I doing now? Because Neto will be back soon, I'm sure, and, and Randolph is back now, apparently. Um, so for me, he does come in. Um, and I, I hope the nostalgia around him, as I said, I was in the North Stand against Burnley. It was, it was, a, it was a good feel, good factor. His song came out. We remember how good he was in the championship. Um, and, you know, we'll maybe kind of roast him to spectacles. He's one of our own. He's the, he's, he's, he's the biggest goalkeeper. He looks the part. He, you know, he, he's a brilliant shot stopper. He had his deficiencies as well. Um, and I was one to call them out. So um, it's not like we suddenly signed, you know, the, the world's best goalkeeper. But I would be inclined to give him a go. And I hope, I really hope for his sake and ours, that he he can hold down that number one place because he's the future. And I, I think uh, I think that would be great. I do concur with James as well on 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 Kirkus and Kelly. I I actually think Meps. I'm not. And it was tactical on Saturday. Um, Sinesi coming on for Meps at half time. I didn't think Meps did much wrong in that first half. Um, but I think having him in the team, certainly against Burnley, um, was, was a really was a really good positive thing. So I actually personally would keep Meps and Meps and um, Zabani at centre back pairing and put Kelly back to left back because I, I do love Kirkus, but um, I think he has his moments. Still very young. Um, and Newcastle, one of, the, one of the top teams. So let's have Kelly at, at left back. Um, and I concur on Rothwell as well, because if Lewis Cook is back, he's a, he's a CDM. Rothwell, you know, his his deficiencies are when it comes to CDM, losing his markers, you know, losing his man. He, that's not his natural position. If we, if Lewis Cook's back, Rothwell is a box-to-box midfielder. That's what he is. Um, so if Alex Scott is injured, let's get Rothwell playing that role because he can, he can do a job for sure. And that also means Billing plays in that number 10, if Chrissy's in the team, Chrissy's playing at number 10, Billings deeper, blah, 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 blah. But Steve, the only thing with Lloyd Kelly, and I can see him playing left back like he has previously and he's done all right, but I just don't see it as the long term. We've tried him there before, many times before. I do feel like Lloyd Kelly is better for us at centre-back and I feel like Sabani is someone that's going to start many games for Andoni and I don't disagree with James and Aaron. I think Metz is a fantastic defender and really grown into a beautiful footballer and he and he's really working for the badge. But maybe maybe Kelly does start a left back in this game, but I definitely see Le- Kelly moving back into centre back very soon. Um yeah I, I I I've got this thing about Lloyd Kelly. I do think I disagree with you. I think he's I think he's pretty good at left back, to be honest. He's not the overlapping 
left back you'll want. But actually, the couple of times he's played there this season, he has got forward a lot more than he ever used to. Um, he's got the pace to do it. Uh, he's in it. He reads the danger a lot more than than Kirk has. But I don't think, in my, in my opinion, I don't think this is the game that's really crying out for him to be there. I, I would I would stick him in centre back and I'd have Kirkers actually because I think um, he's more it's more of a natural sort of instinct for Kirkers to fly forward. He does it for his national team, um, and I just think we need to have that attacking threat in the way that Andoni wants to play. Um, just my personal opinion. I I just think I think I as I say I, I think Kelly can do either either job proficiently. I just uh, I'm, I'm with you in the long term. I think he wants to play at centre back. Um, and I think he's probably shown his better performances there. Um, but um, yeah, I, I'm happy with either, to be honest. I just I just think it should, gives a bit more attacking threat with Kirkers. Well, do you use the comments to let us know what you think ahead of this big game on Saturday against Newcastle? Let us know who you think will start because there might be many changes again. And also put your score prediction in there so that's been part two of cherries in focus episode 17 aaron it's been great to have you on final thoughts leading into this newcastle game big game be nice to pick up some points yeah thanks for having me again yeah it's a big game you know it's it's another one of the, the tough teams that we you know we, we know we've got to face but i'm quite confident i'm actually going to go for a draw score draw let's go Let's go 2 2 because both teams like to attack. Um, and I think I think we'll come away quite happy on, on Saturday evening. James, need to get the atmosphere going inside Dean Court under the lights. Don't think we've ever beaten Newcastle at home. I think we got a couple of wins away. Would be nice if we got our first win in the Premier League this weekend. It would be Saturday night football. Let's channel it under the lights, just like we did in 1992 under Harry Redknapp with Efana Kuku, Jimmy Quinn. Uh, Paul Wood, my favourite ever Bournemouth player, go up there and we on a cold January night and we took them 2-2. We beat them 2-2. I predict with fast-flowing football and wingers down either wing that we will beat them 0-0 this weekend. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> and Steve, I'm looking forward to it. I always look forward to it. I think we've had the Eddie Howe homecoming. We can now focus on trying to get some Premier League points, more Premier League points, try and get outside the relegation zone by the end of the weekend. Be nice, wouldn't it? But I just don't think we can bring ourselves to beat Eddie, can we? We just, we just like, we, we can't do it to him. I, I, I'm kind of with the boys here. I think it's going to be a draw, um, and I think it'd be a good game. Like, like Aaron said, it'll be two teams having a go, uh, the, regardless of how knackered they might be from playing Dortmund and injury ravaged. They'll still be that. The, they'll still play the same style, and um, yeah, I think I think it'd be a, a good night under the lights. Very entertaining match. Bang on, it's a nil-nil now. <laughs> nil -nil. Take, it. Take it. Right. Some stuff to tell you about the channel. Watch along on Saturday, 5 o'clock, I think. John Spark, if you're not at the game, join him on YouTube for that. May or may not have a match day vlog that comes out on Sunday. So hit the notification bell. We'll be back for Cherries in Focus probably on Monday. We'll be back to a live to discuss what happens in that game. Subscribe to the channel, follow the podcast, hit the like button, show your love for Steve, James and Aaron. That's been episode 17, part one, part two, done. Now it's time to get on the pitch at Dean Court and get a result and a performance on Saturday. Look after yourself wherever you are in the world and we'll see you on the next one. Up the cherries. Up the cherries. Up the cherries.